This podcast. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fees Dumpster Diving. Splash. <laughs> this is where we talk about the uh, the horrible TV shows that we used to watch when we were kids. This week, we watched Mr. Belvedere. Brocktoon. <laughs> Mike, did you did you watch Mr. Belvedere when you were a kid? Kind of like I would watch it every so often, but I I didn't re- I don't really remember it that well. The only thing I really remember is this uh, this episode where there's like a tornado coming, mm-hmm. and then that's basically all I remember. I I don't I mean I kind of remembered Wesley. It was I was surprised to find out that they had two other children as well. <laughs> yeah, they're not especially that daughter is not featured very much at all. Yeah, the the older boy was on there a bit, but uh, how about you? Were you a Mr. Belvedere fan? I really liked the theme song. <laughs> that's what yeah, I that's remember. A great, that's a great theme song for sure. That's what I remember about the show. I don't really, I think there was an episode where Wesley got molested by a camp counselor. Oh, geez. Did that really happen? I think so. Yeah. And I think I, it we're watching for our next dumpster diving. Right. But most of what I remember, or most of what I know about the show comes from Norm MacDonald's conversations about uh, with Bob Euchre about about Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of uh, of those the entire time I was watching this, because uh, Bob Bob Euchre couldn't be like a more straight laced person on the show. He's not like a wacky father who like gets into crazy adventures, from what I can tell. No, nope. he's just kind of there. Yeah, he he is absolutely the straight man of the show. But according to uh, according to Norm and Artie Lang, uh, Lang, he's quite the live wire when you see him in person. <laughs> Yeah. You should definitely uh, check those stories out if you can. And uh, another kind of famous uh, thing I know about Mr. Belvedere, tell me if you've heard this one, uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. Apparently Adam Sandler was there, like, on set. You know, he was an early acting role. I think he was still on SNL, or this was obviously before. Um, and uh, he was there when Mr. Belvedere sat on his own ball. Yeah, I, I heard, I've heard that before. And then I guess they had to call, like, EMT or something. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's so cringy. Yes, every part of it. I'll tell you what, though. Um, if you, you know, if, if those are nice and smooth, uh, ex- you wouldn't have to worry about that. Exactly. If you, if you, he went to Manscaped and uh, and got uh, used our promo code late fee and got twenty yeah. percent off, it wouldn't have been so bad. Hey, are you tired of uh, buying uh, thousands of dollars worth of shampoo just for your pubes each year? Exactly. You shampoo those, right, Mark? You know, I never did. I just, I always used soap uh, for the longest time until I can't remember, I can't remember what guy I was showering with. That show, no, I mean, I can't, I can't remember what, uh, how I found out about this. But someone was like, oh, yeah, you don't use shampoo. Oh, it was a stand-up comedian. That's what it was. It was, I think, I think I was watching Dane Cook, and he was talking about shampooing his pubes. And I'm like, huh. I was like, it is hair. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it gives them a nice little bounce. Interesting. But yeah, you don't want to waste all that money in your pube shampoo. No, not at all. Go to a uh, mangroomer.com, Mans- maybe. Manscaped. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Isn't the product called the mangroomer, though? It's called the lawnmower 2.0. Oh my god, what the hell was I using? <laughs> 
But yeah, it's manscaped.com, promo code late fee, all caps for 20% off. It's it's fantastic. Again, why you wouldn't use massive as a code for this one? I don't know. Yeah. I'm no scientist. Exactly. But you know, and that's the thing too. Uh, I heard that crabs are an endangered species now. And I think manscaped has a lot to do with that. Probably. But yeah, so yeah, I've heard the story about him uh, sitting on his balls. I don't know if that's true or not, but God, that sounds awful. <laughs> and hilarious. But yeah, so we, so I, you know, the show is on ABC 1985 to 1990. It's a very 80s show. Yes, it, it, and I, I didn't realize this, but I, I, I mean, obviously the title is Mr. Belvedere, but I didn't realize he was also the starring, uh, starring person on the show. Like he's the first credit. Oh yeah, Christopher Hewitt. I, I I would really like to know how Bob Uecker got this job because I mean, no offense, Bob Uecker, but you could just put anybody else in the role and it would be no different. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, why would you not use Bob Uecker to the fullest of his abilities? I mean, he's great in uh, major leagues. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. major league two. Yeah. Major league three is excellent. <laughs> I've only seen him in major league, the major league franchise, and this. Has he been in, in, in Miller Lite commercials, which is where he met Norm McDonald, actually. Yeah, that I remember those Miller Lite commercials. Uh, very... I don't. I should look it up. It sounds interesting. He's got he's got one of those interesting voices. It... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember Bob Euchre from those commercials. I just don't remember Norm also being in them. Yeah, he's definitely got a distinct voice, you know, obviously a good characteristic for a... Uh, does he still do play-by-play for the Brewers? Yes, I believe he does. Wow, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, finding their like web stream and just listening to him because I mean, I, I don't care about the Brewers, but I, he I, he does have a fun voice, you know. And again, with the Norm McDonald and Artie Lang stories, knowing what he's doing during the broadcast, mm-hmm. uh, that just cheers me up. I know that he was on uh, some episodes. Of, he was on like one episode of Who's the Boss? I think you know he did some some things here and there on TV. I think he was maybe. He was in a couple couple movies too. Oh, he was in one of those Fatal Instincts. Do you remember that movie? No. What is it? Is it like a rip like a parody of Killer Instinct? Yeah, exactly. Carl Reiner. Is, is that what it's called? Fatal Instinct. I thought I had a different name. Fatal for some Attraction. Reason. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. There yeah. are a few like that. It's a parody of Fatal Attraction starring oh, Ron DeSante. You know, I'm thinking something. I'm thinking of something else. What's it might be just? I think it's just a loaded weapon. Is what I'm thinking of with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that's right. Emilio Estevez and I, is Samuel L. Jackson the guy in that? Yeah, yep, he is. I, I was confusing uh, Basic Instinct with Fatal Attraction. I've never seen either of them. I've only seen very small part of Basic Instinct. But yeah, it's uh, repeatedly Armando Sante. Uh, I think. I'm trying to think. I, Sean Young's in it. I know that Christopher Mc, the great Christopher McDonald's in it. Oh, he eats pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> exactly. I do like him. He's, he's not, I don't think he's in enough stuff. He's in Dennis the Menace, uh, Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't he in like another Adam Sandler movie? Uh, no, he's not in Billy Madison. He's in Happy Gilmore, obviously. He's in Dirty Work. That's right. That's what I'm thinking, Dirty Work. Yeah. He's the antagonist in Dirty Work. He's the, uh, he's Alan uh, Covert 1.0. Right. I think his first movie, or at least one of his first movies, was Grease 2. Huh, I didn't see uh, that one. The first, I, aside from Happy Gilmore, the first thing I saw him in, uh, like in the preview, was Dennis the Menace. And did they do a sequel to that? I don't really know if they did or not. I think they did. The movie, Dennis. 
Huh. Yeah, I think weird. they did. I know he was one of the one of the first things I saw him in was the movie Chances Are with Robert Downey Jr. Never seen that one. He plays the the I think he plays the the best friend of the guy that dies, and then Robert Downey Jr. So the plot of the movie is uh, this guy's getting got just got married to Sybil Shepherd. Uh, she gets pregnant. She's gonna have a daughter. Then he dies in an accident. And he gets reincarnated as Robert Downey Jr. So then years... What? He, well, I mean, he gets reincarnated as a baby. And then he, that baby grows up to be Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr. runs into Sybil Shepherd just in happenstance. This is years later. And he feels like this connection to her, but he also kind of feels this connection to his daughter. And there's like a romantic subplot between him and the daughter, but he really wants to be with Sybil Shepherd because he basically like I, I think he remembers who he is at some point, and then so he's trying to get with with Sybil Shepherd, and the daughter has a crush on him, and he's like, oh, gross, you know. And uh, but um, Christopher McDonald plays the best man at the wedding, like his best friend. Uh, in the end, he ends up getting with with Sybil Shepherd. Robert Downey Jr. I think the soul gets reincarnated into someone else. And someone else becomes Robert Downey Jr. or something. I don't remember exactly how the, fuck? How the hell it sounds it works. like a fucked up movie. It's weird, but it's kind of a good movie. I don't know about that. But he was in Dutch. Um, oh, okay. I didn't see that either. He was in. That's a good movie. He was in Grumpy Old Men. He was in. Huh. I'm I don't trying remember to him for that. He was in Quiz Show as Jack Barry, the host of Twenty One. Oh yeah, yeah. That I, okay. That that's familiar now for sure. That's a that's a really good movie. Yeah, I like, and he was in Celtic Pride, one of my and Ben's favorite movies. I always forget how good of a movie Quiz Show is. Like, it I've, really I've is seen really it like good. once, maybe, but I mean, I don't know why that movie's not on all the time. You know, like it's, it's a great movie. Yep. The, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Stanley Tucci. I was gonna say Stanley Tucci, but it's the other one. Or is it the John? What's the other one? I I, I don't know. John Turturro. The one. Who, there you go, John Turturro. I don't know why, but I always confuse those two. two yeah, they two. look very similar. Why aren't they both in the same movie? I, they they just play be. like twins. Exactly. I always wonder if like, you actually did see them next to each other, if they would still bear a resemblance to each other. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like they kind of look alike, but not really that much. They just... I don't know. I don't know what I, it yeah, is. I don't know. Their voices are not too different from each other, which is a big factor for me. That might be a big part of it, yeah. Um, another one is uh, Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. And the worst of all, and I was thinking about this earlier because I was thinking of uh, Breaking Bad. Um, like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad looks just like Daniel uh, Potter, the Harry Potter guy, Radcliffe. Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, they do yeah, kind of look both, alike. No, no, no. I'm not done. And they both look like uh, like uh, Elijah Wood. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'd love to see all three of them stand next to each other. They could all play brothers in a movie for sure. Because yeah, on the Reddit Bre- uh, Breaking Bad group, there's a, a picture of a Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul from one of the uh, rap parties where they're dressed as each other. Mm-hmm. And without his hair, Aaron Paul looks very much like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, you would be hard to tell them from each other. I always thought that Tobey Maguire and um, Jake Gyllenhaal kind of looked alike. Eh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see that one too much. Uh, or, I, don't, I don't really know Kira Knightley that well. I, I don't know stuff she's well, in. I've been to parties with but, her. But I know, like, um, I know, like, people say her and uh, what's what's her name, Natalie Portman, looks very similar. Yeah, a little. Like, I think they played like 
I think they played twin. Like I think on the, one of the Star Wars movies, like they were like supposed to play like the same character, kind of. Oh. Okay. Like, I think one was like a stand-in, and then supposedly their own mothers had trouble telling each other, telling them apart. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in the prequels, they one was Kira Knightley was like the the body double for Queen Amidala, and then she got blowed up in the second movie. Yeah, something like that. But supposedly, from what like one of them had said, like in an interview or something, like their own mothers couldn't tell them apart. But both their mothers are legally blind, so... Exactly. Uh, But speaking of blindness, blindness can be a complication of AIDS. (laughs) Nice. Which is what... I don't think that's true, though. I don't either. But but, uh, that's uh, what this episode is about. This is from... Yeah, we don't want you to to think that we're stalling because this is a bad episode, because this is a very rich episode. Oh, it is, for sure. This is, I think this is the first one I ever was watching where I was uh, messaging Mark like, "What the fuck is going on?" With this? <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a quite a conversation, but this the, this episode's from season two, so this is 1986. So it's very it's it's fairly early days of the AIDS crisis, and Wesley comes home uh, dressed as President William Howard Taft, fattest president ever. And, and he's upset that nobody can guess who he is. Yeah. So he, he got there late, and the only choices were Nixon and Taft, and this other dude got to be Nixon because he sweats a lot. Right. Which seems that, pretty uh, judgmental from the teachers. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is a time... This is a, a thing that only happens in like TV shows and movies where people actually give a shit about President's Day, and it's not a furniture store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, there's a book I like a lot. It's a Neil Gaiman book. It's um, Anansi Boys. It's, mm-hmm. like, the sequel to American Gods. Okay. Um, and, and, and in the beginning, like, they kind of, like, this, the the god, the god Anansi, like, he's got a, you know, human form. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. And he tells his son, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody dresses up on President's Day. So, actually, I think it is Taft that they settle on. And then, like, he just drops him off at school and nobody else is dressed like that, you know? That's hilarious. But, I mean, aside from that and this, and like I said, furniture sales, I... I don't even know when President's Day is. I think it's February, actually, but I'm not positive. Yeah, it's sometime. I don't remember what day, but it's sometime in February because Lincoln and Washington's birthdays were both in February. Yeah, it's less popular than Lincoln's birthday, and we all know when that is. Yeah, exactly. February 15th. I don't know. 14th. It's Valentine's Day. But anyway, so... No, yeah, that's Valentine's Day. But uh, yeah, so uh, we got uh, Wesley comes home, and uh, you know they're joking about his Taft costume. Yeah. He says that uh, his he might have a chance to be Lincoln, though, which obviously is the starring role because oh, for sure. his friend, who everyone likes because they, you know, he never gets in trouble and everything, has finally gotten in trouble. He got caught with this stuff, AIDS. Yeah. And then and, uh, the audience laughs. Yeah. I, just, hey, I like how they took the opportunity to discuss AIDS and also make a bunch of AIDS jokes. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 best one, the best joke, is is a little, little bit later in the episode when uh <laughs> when Bob Euchre says, "Well, you come on, you don't get uh, you don't get AIDS by because he's like, you know, I I played with uh with Danny and, and all this stuff, and he's like, oh Wesley, you don't get AIDS from from fooling around, <laughs> and then he kind of right. stops." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's... I, I know the worst joke in the show. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so uh, Wesley is like, you know, just haha, hilarious kid. Mm-hmm. This wacky kid doesn't know his friend's got AIDS, which at this time is very lethal. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this is a death sentence for this kid. Yeah, at this time, uh, you, I mean, I mean, there were some people who you know did live quite a quite a long time, you know, more than they expected. But at this time, it was like saying, "Oh, hey, you have terminal blank." This is how bad. This is how bad this is considered at this time. Absolutely. So the first, you said this is the first time it's ever mentioned on uh, on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the first mention of AIDS on TV is a bad joke. <laughs> But yeah, so he says. Speaking he's, of bad jokes, <laughs> he says that uh, you know his his buddy's got his buddy's got AIDS, and he's he's big time. <laughs> they, I think so. I'm trying to remember exactly what happens after this. He goes. I think he comes back downstairs, and they're like, "Hey, we gotta tell him what this is because he thinks it's just." No, no. He, I think he go. Doesn't he go to school? And then he's like, he like he makes a reference to it and like you know scares someone off, and they they realize that he doesn't realize how serious this is. Like he thinks his friend is just like sick for a week or two. Well, they tell they tell him. Oh, like, that, that's what it was. He's like he, yeah. he's like, uh, oh, he's gonna be sick for a week, and yeah. then uh, he's like like, eh, and then like, how about who? And then then uh, Mr. Belder is like, yes, Wesley, two or something like that. Yeah, maybe a whole month. Yeah, just like he's like so resigned, but this this is all this gives me a lot of questions. First of all, why do they need a fucking uh, live-in nanny man? I don't know. Who exactly is this for? I mean, Wesley's like ten probably, and his his siblings are like you know seventeen and non-existent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do they? I mean, as far as I can tell, the mom doesn't have a job. I don't know exactly what happened. I know so from the, I, I know a steam trunk to China was involved. Yeah, the he I believe what so now I'm just speculating here, but I believe what happened was he was a butler for like royalty and shit like that, and then decided that he wanted to he wanted to see the world, and he kind of worked everywhere he was going. And he stopped in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, and the, and, the, and the credits, he's holding a sign for Pittsburgh. Like, so why of all the places in the world did you go to Pittsburgh? Right. But I know that I know that Bob Uecker played a sports writer. And yeah, that would make sense. And why why would they not send him to Milwaukee? Is what I don't understand. I mean, if mm-hmm. you know Bob Uecker actually has a sports job there, right? I think his wife was going to law school. I think. Oh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't sure. But but I mean. Another point is, uh, this house is not very big. No, not at all. Like it's like it's like think Mr. Belvedere all fucking day to clean this house. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, doesn't if he's, like a, if he's a pro, if he's a, pro, yeah, he doesn't do anything. And then he then he makes like this uh, this big decision to tell Wesley that his friend's gonna get better. Right. And he 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 goes at some points. So I guess spoilers for this this episode. At some point, he takes them on vacation. So it's just. Like, what is he doing? Like, he he has such a weird role in the family. I I really don't understand what's going. On. I don't understand why he's there. That this doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so he goes to school. Wesley goes to school and says, "Yeah, you know, uh, I get to be Lincoln now." And his 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 black friend says. You, uh, yeah, you're, you're only gonna get to be Lincoln, uh, or I hear you're gonna be, be Lincoln now. And he goes, Yeah, give me a bite, bite of your cupcake and I'll free ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the joke that we say, What the fuck? We got slave jokes, y'all. Yeah. 
It's it's like see, see anyone who's uh, young needs to watch this episode mm-hmm. because look at the response. Nobody's offended. This is thirty years ago. Yeah, you're. I mean, obviously everyone wants there to be big, you know, changes, but it does not happen quickly, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I mean, this is thirty years ago. I mean, I'm sure you could watch like a Friends episode where they're making like gay jokes and that kind of stuff. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, things that nowadays are like you know, basically the same thing as uh, releasing rice into the water supply, <laughs> or uh, you know. Or, you know, they're just like, ah, okay. The uproar from this one joke, if this was released today, would be enormous. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's ridiculous. So he takes a bite of the dude's cupcake, and <laughs> they they talk. He's pretty about... cocky out of these Lincoln. Oh yeah, absolutely. They and they talk about and, and the, the reason he was taffed in the first place, mind you, is his own fault. He overslept. Yep. It's he, not like random luck of the draw. He like he was fucking around, probably uh, hanging out with Mister Belvedere or some shit. And yeah. then, uh, here... yeah, Danny, Danny the hemophiliac was there first thing, ready to bleed all over everybody. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> that's the thing. He's a hemophiliac. So I mean, they they you know. So what happened is they found out he had AIDS, basically. And probably because he, time. you know, probably because he brushed against a wall and started bleeding all over. But they found out he had AIDS at school and they said, well, you got to, you know, you have to, you have to go home. Leave school because and, uh, we're just going to wait casually while they figure this out. Which, <laughs> what? Right. Which, now here's the thing. I mean, I don't blame the school in this instance simply because he is a hemophiliac. Because <laughs> that, you yeah, know. Yeah, that, that's a bad combo. Yeah, that's. You don't want if, if there's that. if there's two diseases you don't want to pair together. Right. They're at the top. They're they're close to the top of the list. Oh, but and obviously this this is a this is, apparently if he got molested as well this is a very special episode of Mr. Belvedere. Well, they do they do say that he got it from a bad transfusion. Yeah, yeah they do say it's no. I'm not I'm not making reference to that because like it's like you know I mean while it's, it's this episode is also a big commentary on like you know the ignorance of people about yeah. AIDS because. Yeah. While it is early in the you know in the public awareness of the disease, I mean uh, apparently they I mean the information they give in this episode is accurate, so they must have had it pretty well figured out by. Them. Yeah, and then we see so so what happens is Mister Belvedere, who's surprisingly knowledgeable about it. Yes, yes. He, he's like really he's, he knows a lot. <laughs> he's like he's a well actually like there's a lot of well actuallys for him about mm-hmm. the AIDS in this episode. Yeah. So he's like, oh, actually, it's for he, he like first of all, he instantly know he he knew this kid had AIDS somehow. Like he's like, oh, you're talking about uh, the kid with AIDS. That's Danny, so and so. Right. I believe he's a hemophiliac. Yeah. I mean, that's just he's he's very aware suddenly for some reason. This kid I mean, we've he, never heard from before, and we'll never hear from again. Oh, exactly. Um, but so he like even they they actually what's kind of funny is they really like politely not politely but very calmly break down you know how AIDS isn't really dangerous and how you shouldn't be afraid of it mm-hmm. and that only makes Wesley more afraid of AIDS yeah because well what happens is so the kids at the lunch table they're like you know I heard that you can get it from just talking to somebody on the phone I heard that you can get it from you know touching somebody you know and and they're like and the one guy goes I hear that your arms and legs fall off and then you die which is ridiculous. Although, you, <laughs> although you do die, but then um, he said, then they all say, "Hey, you did all that shit. Uh, here, just take the rest of my cupcake. We don't want your AIDS." And then they all leave. So now, all of a sudden, Wesley doesn't want to be friends with Danny anymore because 
Danny's lost all his friends and Wesley doesn't want to lose, uh, you know, his friends because of AIDS. If you can't heed the advice of your living butler, then whose advice can you take? I mean, he could have just, you know, nipped this in the bud right here and said, you know, hey, it's not bad. You're right. Which is essentially what he does later. (laughs) That's all he does. They try to, so they try to explain to him. They're like, you know, and it's clear the parents don't really know anything about it. And the the daughter does the one line that she has in the whole show. She's like, hey, you get AIDS from having sex. Uh, see you later. I'll be upstairs <laughs> collecting a paycheck. Right. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but so she, uh, so they, they basically, they're like, you know, oh. You they're know. like, we have a daughter? <laughs> right. But they said you can, you can only really get sex from like that and like, you know, if you cut, you know, yourselves and like blood transfusions, um, mosquitoes, toilet seats, that kind of stuff. And he's like, Oh, we did all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sharing ice cream. I think she says, if you share ice cream and he's like, Oh yeah, we did all that. And so then they're, they're upset. And she goes to the internet of 1986, the library, the mom does. Oh yeah. As you say, internet, that doesn't sound right at all. Were they a prodigy? Right. She she prints out some uh some or I guess she printed them out. I don't know or or maybe she just ripped them out of a book. But she brought brought them home and basically said that you know, you can't I wonder what this the small town thought about the, the very sudden interest in the AIDS virus amongst <laughs> the uh the Belvedere thing. Right. Like, oh, it's gotta be that butler guy, right? Uh, I, I saw he, him he's hanging out with Magic Johnson. It was it was a bunch you know, it's not have any hemophilia, let me tell you that. Oh, God. Yeah, he got it from a different kind of transfusion. Um, uh, again, look up the Bob Euchre, uh Norm MacDonald thing. It'll be explained to you. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Bob Euchre was feeding him cheese. Uh, <laughs> he loves it. Uh, so, anyway, um, they uh, they basically... So they go through and they give all the actual information. You can't get it from casual contact. There's never been a case of a family member getting it. Although my wife knows someone, I guess someone when she was in college came to talk to them about AIDS and and she basically said, hey, you know, I have AIDS. And then she explained that she got it because she was taking care of her brother who was a hemophiliac and he had AIDS. And what was his name, Danny? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. After a few years of taking care of him, she she contracted it as well. So, jeez, that's terrible. But, uh, but anyway, so I mean, in general, yeah, you can't. I mean, obviously, you can't get it from casual contact. It's well, difficult. It's it's not the. It's not like a cold, essentially. You right. Know I mean, if you could, if you can avoid blood to blood contact, mm-hmm. and obviously, like sexual intercourse, which from what I've read isn't actually that. Di- that's kind of difficult to transmit that way. I mean, people don't yeah. want to say that, but I mean, certain groups are more likely to get it than others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like it's hard for men to get it, uh, especially uh, for from heterosexual sex, because, you know, you have to like the fluids involved aren't really enough. Like you can. It, it's, a, it's a lot of mucus involved, yeah. which is rather disgusting. But that's, that's essentially what's happening is your mucus on mucus is in blood. You know, it's mm. it's it's very intimate fluid transfer. Yeah, it's easier to get it from gay sex because, you know, not to be graphic, but there's more tearing involved in gay sex and that can introduce blood into the situation which you know blood to blood to to mucomembrane or or blood to blood contact is the easiest i mean not that you want to get it but that's the easiest way to get it uh so that's 
you know, that's why that's m- more risky type of sex if you're not if you're not using protection. I've always heard of something, and I, I, I'm thinking slash hoping it's an urban legend, but have you ever heard of the, the term bug chaser? No. It's, like, supposedly, like, members of, like, uh, it's often, like, the gay community who, like, want to get AIDS to, like, fit in with, like, everybody else. Oh. And so they go and intentionally get it. I've, I'm pretty sure that's just a rumor. I've heard it quite a bit. Like, supposedly it's an actual thing, which is, like, I don't even know what the psychology is behind that. No, I don't either. You don't, you don't want AIDS, guys. Come on. I mean, again, thankfully, it seems like a lot has been done as far as, you know, managing the disease uh, mm-hmm. in the modern era. I mean, I'm sure it's not 100% perfect, and I'm sure there's still uh, strains or varieties that they just can't, you know, you know, treat as well. But, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't, if you learn anything from this uh, episode, don't get AIDS if you can't avoid it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, the, so, uh, antiretrovirals obviously have, have been a huge uh, help in the in the fight against AIDS. The other thing too is that if you're on antiretrovirals, apparently, y- you know it weakens the virus enough to where you can't transmit it person to person. That was the the latest study that I was reading about it. Uh, they did a ten year study where they had uh, men that had AIDS and they had sex with their partners unprotected for. The last 10 years, I guess. I don't know exactly who volunteers for this, but it's like a thousand person study. And there were only two instances of men contracting AIDS in the entire 10 years in that study. And both those incidents were proven to be because of uh, infidelity. So they went and had unprotected sex with somebody else and contracted it that way. So no one that was on the antiretrovirals contracted it to any new person so they basically they're like we need to spread these antiretrovirals all over the world because then eventually the you know this generation of people that are carrying aids will die whether it's you know a natural lifespan or whatever but that you know eventually you know that generation will all die off and would have transmitted yeah and no one and no one knew would have gotten transmitted so eventually it will eradicate uh, AIDS. That's that's so. That's what they're trying to do now is spread these antiretrovirals all over the world. Yeah, but then you know, just some uh, blonde lady on TV will say that they're uh, giving their kids, uh, you know, some uh, genetic disorder, so you know, people <laughs> won't do it. Right. Yeah, that's the way of the world. Unfortunately, morons uh, convincing other morons to do stupid things. See, people say dictatorships are always terrible. However, right. <laughs> But, but yeah, so so uh, Ben, now that we've told you all you want to know about AIDS mm-hmm. on this comedy show, uh, so Wesley Wesley does so he becomes Lincoln because Danny got kicked out. Yeah, uh, but, but he's kind of I don't know if it's he's actually afraid of getting AIDS or if it's just like the social stigma. He doesn't even want to wear the same costume. He mm-hmm. he, he <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. He just walks up to Mister Belvedere and hands him a five dollar bill and goes, "Make me a costume." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, fucker. Yeah, but the, but the, oh, we forgot to mention that the older brother, whose name is Kevin, is uh, taking home Eck, which terrifies Bob uh, Euchre because he thinks he's like gay because he's like doing laundry or something. Yeah, it's a very gay panic situation. It's like, whoa, what's going on there? He's like, oh, it's home Eck. Uh. But anyways, uh, Mr. Belvedere tasks uh, Kevin with the. Uh, with the costume of uh, Lincoln, but I, I'm assuming Mr. Belvedere deliberately fucks up the instructions because there's no way this guy could have uh, interpreted this as a Lincoln costume. Like, there's no way. 
Yeah, well, I think it's basically because it's a joke throughout the whole episode that Kevin thinks that this is going to be an easy A, but he screws everything up. Like, he messes up. Oh, yeah, that's true. He He makes, like, a swat of ground beef for some reason. (laughs) Yes. But, so, this leads to the most timely joke, the most timeless joke of the, the episode, where he comes out in this horrible, like, Stri- or like plaid coat with a giant bow tie and he says wesley says i look like soupy sales yeah that's another like okay i mean obviously it's in the 80s but i've only heard of soupy sales i've never seen a picture of him yeah that's i mean that's that's a 20 year old reference in 1986 so yeah so but so uh, wesley is apparently familiar with soupy sales so Mr. Belvedere says, oh, if there only was a place where you could find a perfectly good non-AIDS-covered Lincoln costume. Yeah, this is kind of fucked up because, I mean, I mean, if Wesley generally is, like, upset about this and concerned, I mean, forcing him to put on his, like, biggest fear probably isn't the most, uh, you know, yeah. a helpful thing to do. And this is from, like, again, his butler. Right, exactly. Yeah, the parents, <laughs> Mom, the parents aren't Mom. doing anything in this episode. Mom. I think they were just fucking this whole time. What right. else could they be doing? Ugh. Mom, Mr. Governor, maybe put on that AIDS Lincoln costume. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, so Danny uh, comes in the back door. Oh, <laughs> as, yeah, that, that's true. As Wesley says, he's like, hey, I came around the back. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw me. He's got the uh, garbage, or not garbage bag, the, uh, the grocery bag <laughs> stuffed with the Lincoln costume in it. And says, "Hey, here's the uh, here's the costume." Uh, I, he's like, and so they talk a little bit, and they're like, you know, eventually Wesley's like, you know, I I I don't want to alienate all my friends too, like like you did because you've got AIDS. And Danny's like, "Hey, it's not my fault I got AIDS." Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that's a good point." So finally, Wesley kind of relents and says, "Why don't you come watch me?" And he's like, "I'm not allowed there." And he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. Who cares?" So he takes him, and then uh, Wesley gets on stage, starts uh, reciting the Gettysburg Address, and then stops and says that Danny should be doing this. And he pulls Danny out. One of the partially ki- because he doesn't know the Gettysburg Address. Yeah, one of the kid, one of the kids' mom stands up and goes, "Get away from him!" <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I, it's so funny to laugh at that stuff because, like, it's just weird that people are so ridiculous. Right. It's just like, it's uh, extreme ignorance. Like, I, I, I only recently got into vines, which is re- again <laughs> extreme ignorance. Mm. But my favorite, one of my favorite ones is uh, it's like uh, these are like seven second clips, so it's gonna take me longer to describe what happens and what happens. Um, my wife already knows what I'm talking about, but because I watch this all the time, it's like a, it's not, I think it's at a college and they're like a protest and it must be against like, you know, gay rights or something. Because mm-hmm. these two young men walk up and they go, hey, professor. And like this guy looks at them and then they just kiss. And then the professor, who's like this very large man wearing suspenders and like a, like a, like a hat from like a, like the hat that uh, Alan Grant is wearing in Jurassic Park. Yes. And he goes, step aside, I think I'm going to vomit! <laughs> and he's, like, trying to run up. <laughs> Every time I look at that, I just laugh for so long. His voice gets so gravelly. So, like, he's, yeah. like, he, it sounds like a cement mixer. <laughs> just, why would that make you vomit? I think I'm going to vomit. 
I don't think I don't want to see anyone uh, be publicly affectionate. It's no better if it's gay or straight. Yeah, agreed. But but just a throw up over it. Seems like an overreaction. <laughs> Slightly. It is a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> but so Danny basically says, or I mean Wesley says, hey, he's not gonna hurt you. You can't get AIDS from looking at someone. So he says, hey, do the Gettysburg Address. And Danny's like, I don't know it. He's like, but I do know one quote from Lincoln. So but I do believe in this. So he so he pulls out like a super obscure, no one gives yeah. a shit quote from Lincoln. Yeah, he doesn't know the Gettysburg Address. But he knows this incredibly, like this is something that, he, that Lincoln said to like two people at a cocktail party. <laughs> But yeah, he basically says, hey, if uh, if I don't uh, get to run, you know, I've been disappointed a lot in my life and I I wouldn't be surprised to be completely forgotten and left behind. So basically, Danny's like, when I die, I know I'll be forgotten. Uh, and Great. Very uplifting. And that's uh, Great. And so then Danny and, and everyone leaves and Danny and Wesley are left there and they invent the idea of a bucket list. <laughs> Right. I'm pretty sure this is the first time that this Could was be. ever in popular culture where he says, hey, let's make a list of all the things you'll never get to do and try to do them. I wonder if like uh, second base and uh, like kissing a girl is on there. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like um, this is an episode where like the character of Danny, you've never heard of him before, but like. He and like apparently they've gone on so many adventures together. Like they just endlessly mm-hmm. talk about all these crazy adventures they went on. Oh yeah, and you've just never heard of him. And I'm sure you never hear of him again. No, he's never on the show again. There must be he a name for that. Like in, well, yeah, obviously he <laughs> got it from an African prostitute. <laughs> she was rid of it. Her country was ravaged by her. Her village was ravaged by starvation. <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Especially when we know how you really feel. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't here yesterday. I was at the doctor. <laughs> oh, who are you? Do you want to know what I have? Zyvitz. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, God. That is still the best clip ever. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. This episode's it's a fucking weird episode. It I don't is. Know it's it a, is really is weird. Normally, like this, it's very odd. There's a lot of strange things going on. It gets very like sweet towards the end, because Mister Mister Belvedere hears him talking, and and Wesley's like, "Hey, let's go to Gettysburg. You know, we can do all this stuff and everything." He's like, "Oh, that sounds good." And Mister Belvedere's the first of all, the parents were there, right? The parents were there to watch the stuff, but apparently, apparently. they just fucking left. Mister Belvedere's there to, to to pick them up, and Wesley says, "Hey, sorry for uh, keeping you waiting," and. Mr. Belvedere just looks at him uh, and a tear trickles down his eye like he just sat on his balls. And he says, <laughs> and he, says how they motivated him. he says it was worth it. And then I, I don't remember this from the show, but actually it kind of seems familiar. Like, uh, I guess much like Doogie Howser MD, he keeps a journal and they like reference that at the end. Yeah. Why they do this? I guess they're summing it up for the idiots who don't really understand what the fuck went on this, this episode. Right. But so basically, he just summarizes what happens, and he's like, "Oh, we went to Gettysburg." No, I think it's just we went to Gettysburg today with mm-hmm. uh, whatever the kid's name is, Billy. I don't know. Danny. Danny. Aiello. Aiello. Mm-hmm. Danny Aiello. Yeah, and he was just singing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that's how it ends, and then it's like I don't know. 
So I was it's a weird show. It, it is a really know. weird episode, and it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the uh, small wonder when they just leave the kids to their, their own device. Yeah, exactly. I get. I, I you know I think they're they're making an honest effort in this episode to try yeah. to to educate the public about it. I mean, it's not you but know. I think they're also crippled by the fact that they're terrible writers, as you can see by the rest of the episode. Oh yeah, for sure. So they can literally only spoon feed the effects to you. Like it's like you know, one hundred percent exposition. But it's like, oh hey, uh, I heard so. It's, it's not that. It's like, oh well. By the way, here's some facts about AIDS. Yeah. I mean, they might as well Which, have been hey, a news it, report. Hey, you know what? It might have been needed at the time. I don't know how popular this show was. I mean, it's uh, it's very bad, but it's not like it was like, you know, the one bad show during the 80s going on. Mm. So I Man. wanted to try to figure out why where Christopher Hewitt was famous from, like why why he would be why he would be the star, the star of a show. And uh, just uh, for context, he was born in in 1921. He died uh, August 3rd, 2001. So he he missed the September 11th attacks. So he didn't live to see that. Uh, well, that's good. But he's he was only in five movies. God forbid those attacks uh, upset uh, Christopher Hewitt, the guy who played Mr. Belding, <laughs> Belvedere. Exactly. That would be a tragedy. Well, Mr. Bel- Mr. Belding was well aware of the September 11th attacks. I'm not I'm not trying to. To cast any aspersions or 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 to to suggest anything, but I'm just saying Mr. Belding was well aware of the September 11th attacks. He wept on the plane to Philadelphia. Uh, but so he was in five movies, uh, in like three of them in from 1951 to 1954, then one in 1968, then one in 1986. So, uh, Pool of London, The Lavender Hill Mob, the, uh, The Million Pound Note, he was, uh, so he was on the Jackie Gleason show in one episode as mumbling English pedestrian, <laughs> <laughs> which might be the best crediting I've ever, ever read. In 1976, he was in a show called Ivan the Terrible, five episodes of that. Um, like he, it doesn't, I don't see anything. You know, big. how did he survive? Is what you're asking. Yeah, I mean, he worked like I guess a little bit, but I don't see how he became the star of a show. I mean, he was on an episode here and there of like On Your Own, the ABC After School Special. Uh, he was in the television movie of The Elephant Man. He was on an episode of Heart to Heart. Uh, he was on uh, Fantasy Island for for ten roles, or t- I mean, ten uh, ten episodes. He Jeez. played a main a main uh, role of Lawrence. And I feel that uh, during this time period, if you had an English accent, that was like enough to impress the executives. Like, there's so many like shows where there's like an English person on their side. Right. I don't really understand why uh, there's like this reputation for it being like you know like a highbrow. Like, I mean, I I just don't understand where that comes from. Yeah, look I mean, at some the of the fact that humor. they have royalty. I guess the fact that they have royalty, but aside from that, that's really uh, almost a uh, lower class thing because who the fuck has royalty anymore? Right. But yeah, look at some look at some of their their shows, some of their humor. Now, some of their humor is really good, like dry humor, but a lot of it is terrible, like puns and and just horrible shit. Right. 
like a lot of the there's some good Monty Python sketches and then there's a lot of really bad Monty Python sketches. And are you being served and faulty towers? And I mean, like I liked are you being served and I liked faulty towers, but there's a lot of like Benny Hill. Great. It's like, oh, the most funny thing in the world is uh, a man dressed as a woman. And that's the whole joke. Pretty much. I mean, I guess it's a time period thing, too, as we discussed with. uh, Yeah. No, my name is Dolomite, but yeah, I don't know. But that's our episode. So uh, Wesley eventually did not get AIDS, but did get molested by a camp counselor. I think that was the uh, the guy who played. um, What was his name? Might have been Danny on uh, Who's the Boss? He got AIDS. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does. It was Jonathan. The guy, I think his real Jonathan, name. I think yeah. his how, how real name Danny is... Pintaro is his real name. Yeah, I was going to say his real name is Danny something. But yeah, uh, of course, because uh, of the way that Tony Danza says those names. Angela, exactly. Mona, Samantha, Jonathan. That's Tony Danza. Uh, but when that, uh, when that counselor... Um, molested uh danny he uh or molested wesley he said hey uh wesley you know you need to, to shave down there to make, to make it smoother for so that i can How would you like to suck my balls? so so you should get manscaped and uh, use promo code late fee but that's our episode you don't, you don't need you want to save money in shampoo manscaped that's right yeah protect yourself in case you're molested manscaped uh, <laughs> so that's our episode four to the week here uh we'll see four you, to the week we will see you next week do all the liking and subscribing and and the telling friends and all that stuff yeah do all the man grooming too go to manscape.com tell them we say manscaping it. Man. but uh we'll see you next time bye see you later yes as part of the big heads media podcast network go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts